Movies are dead. Here we are once again. Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It is Super Bowl Sunday here in America. If you are an international listener, um, look up the Super Bowl NFL. It's uh, it's pretty close to a holiday. It's a big deal here in America. Um, what do we got? The Bengals versus the Rams. Sure. It's in uh, Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. We'll be doing the halftime show. Um, I'm from Los Angeles, so I'm going to be taking the Rams all day, even though I did not like the Rams growing up. Still kind of don't like the Rams. Um, Why not? Out well, of curiosity. You know, as Why a Mexican-American, a Chicano, as, Latinx, you. as a Latinx, Latinx, as they call us nowadays, I feel that with Mexicans, yeah, this one's taken out of context. <laughs> with Mexican Americans as myself, we go different ways with football. There's the 49ers, there's the Cowboys, Raiders, Rams. Mm-hmm. I am in the Raiders camp uh, because the Raiders, you know, they were in LA, played at the Coliseum for many years in the late 80s and 90s. I grew up with that. So. You know, Raiders, you know, instead of the Rams. The Rams, you know, I, I can't get into them. So, although Eric Dickerson is probably the greatest running back of all time, one of the greatest running backs. Shout out to, Shout out to Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Um, so, yeah, Super Bowl Sunday here in America. It's going to be a great, beautiful day. Uh, we are kicking things off here. We have finished. What was the month, Bobo? John, this January. There you go. We finished off that month of January. Now we are moving on to Antoine Doinel February. This is it. Bobo's idea of going through the Antoine Doinel series, uh, created by Francois Truffaut, yeah, um, was an excellent idea. Um, you know, we here at Movies Are Dead love the movies, and we treat the months with kindness and specific genres. Now, Bobo. We're going to be kicking things off here with 400 blows. Um, check out this cameo by Truffaut writer. We're watching the movie. There he is. There he is. 27 Beautiful. years old. Oh, he's only, he was only 27? Yeah. Man, it's crazy how like old they look for their age. Like back then. Yeah. Like Godard looks like ancient by the time like 1968 comes around or something. Yeah. You know, and he's still it's alive. It's going bald, yeah. Yeah, he's like ninety-one now. Uh, Truffaut passed away what nineteen eighty, eighty-one. Yeah, eighty. Right, so he was a fairly he's young like guy. 50. He was very 51. young. Yeah. yeah. Um. R&D. So yeah, Antoine Duanel series, four hundred blows. What and then Antoine and Colette short film. What's the one after that? Stolen kisses. Stolen kisses. Uh, Is it bed and board? One. Bed and board? I think it's Love on the Run. Love on the Run, or and one then one or the other. Yeah, it's one of the two. Either way, we're n- we're not big on research here, obviously. We're not what? Big on research. Big on research. Yeah, sometimes we lack in the research. We're trying though with note taking. They were busy. We had a stressful week. Oh, it was crazy. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? If you want information, go to Wikipedia. Go to those uh, highfalutin New Yorker podcasts. Go to those, yeah. With uh, what's his name? 
guy with the beard. <laughs> guy with the big beard. I have no idea. New Yorker. A.O. Scott? No. <laughs> Peter Travers? How many Travers? writers do you know? <laughs> what? How many writers do you know? Let's do it. Ready? A.O. Scott. A.O. Scott. Peter, Peter Travers. Travers. Ken uh, Jones. Who? Ken Jones. Ken Jones. Pauline Kale? The guy I'm thinking of is uh, he has a big gray beard. He Susan wrote a book about Godard. Joan Didion? I meant more like film writers. Didn't Joan Didion write about film? Like yeah, every now badly. And then? Yeah, just every now and then she would do it. She would do a bad job at it, yeah. She would yeah. just like, put it out there just to, like be humbled. Yeah. yeah. Well, Elvis Mitchell. <laughs> Elvis Mitchell. Yeah. yeah. I was listening to the treatment this week. Who was on? Uh, it was a couple of weeks old episode, Guillermo del Toro for uh, Nightmare Alley. So speaking of Nightmare Alley, oh, it's, let's let's do the treatment first. So the treatment yeah. with Elvis Mitchell is an excellent podcast by KCRW. Check it out. It's amazing. But, you know, if we were on the treatment, I think it would go a little something like this. You ready? Sure. All right. So if you guys want to skip ahead to the review of 400 Blows <laughs> analyzation, go right ahead. I'm going to do my treatment. Uh, this is what it'd be like if me and Boris were on movies. I mean, uh, on the treatment. Mm-hmm. Promoting movies are dead. <clears throat> From KCRW Santa Monica and KCRW.com, it's the treatment. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Shake it, don't break it. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. And then Elvis Mitchell comes in and he's all like, uh, my uh, guest today knows something about movies. It's the boys from Movies Are Dead. Boris Albergon and Nick Lopez. How are you? Well, thanks for having us, Elvis. Thank you so much for having us, Elvis. He's all like, your podcast doesn't have many listeners, but it is unique. Much like the Velvet Underground. <laughs> Much like the Velvet No one bought their first record, but everyone who wants to do it started their own podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And then when he does the commercial break, he goes, he would break about something a little light, a little light. It's a good comment, like a little comment. He's all like, I don't know anything about movies. And then, <laughs> you know. Be something like that. Yeah. Then it'll be like, hey, remember Menendez? He, before we get to that, that guy. he always does like the pre deprecative humor, which I always Self-deprecation, enjoy. Self deprecation. Yeah. So, yeah, he would be like, I have no idea. And like, UNLV, remember? And he'd be like, I have no idea what those letters mean. And then that'd be it. That'd I don't be remember. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I've never um, been to Vegas. Uh, right. Let's see. Um, Richard Brody is what I was thinking of. Okay. That's the guy. I remember you talking about him. Was <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even mention him. Um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, whatever. So anyway. Nightmare Alley. Yeah. Nominated for Best Picture, if anybody saw the Oscar nominees. I just saw them this week. I have no interest in the Oscars anymore. This is how, like, I don't know anybody. Like, nobody my age was talking about the Oscars that I knew, like, friend-wise. Not like the way we used to talk about them, but, like, um, it just feels like like nobody cares. Like, oh, yeah, they got announced. You know what I mean? I remember at one point it was like, is that even happening, the Oscars, right? Uh And to my surprise, looking at Best Picture, Dune is in there. Am I on drugs? I must be on drugs, right? Dune is nominated for Best Picture. Why? Why is that a shock to me? Yeah, why is that a shock to you? What is that problem? The movie was okay. I thought you liked it. I enjoyed it, but that's not a Best Picture quality type of movie. A lot of people thought it was great. They were um, falling all over themselves. The movie keeping keeping praise over it. They liked it a lot. It's a flagpole, you know. Temple. Okay. If that movie's getting nominated for best, was Blade Runner twenty nine for forty nine twenty forty nine nominated? No, No. right. It received only like digital effects. People liked it less than they did Dune. I don't understand that. I think Blade Runner twenty forty nine is miles better than Dune. Sure. 
Mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, when I saw it was nominated on the list, I was like, what the frick? I was like, Dune. Yeah. But every year they have But those then they movies. like had like Bean the Ricardos, which no one saw. I didn't watch it. No one cared about. I didn't, I didn't even, I was like, oh yeah, I remember that. That came out. I think Nightmare Alley. I'd say Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley. My favorite movie of the year, I, I, think, I think it was nominated for Best Foreign Film, but I was like, why can't that be nominated for Best Picture? Titan. Yeah. I thought that was like, out of all the movies I've seen this year, it's like one of the best ones. Well, Drive My Car, Japanese film. I heard that one's really best good. Best right? Where do you find that one right now? Theaters. Theaters? On demand, maybe? Maybe. Yeah, but- um, I can slip it to you later if you want it. We'll edit that out. No. Nightmare Alley. Out. I think Nightmare Alley is a masterpiece. Uh-huh. One of the best movies I've seen in a while. People, yeah, it's buried, it's long. You yeah. said that? Yeah. And I was like, well, you know what? It's an acquired taste. I would agree. It's a beautiful yeah. movie. Check it out. There you go. To people who said it's boring, I'm like, come on. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe critics when they say it's boring. Yeah. I mean, you can't worry about what people say anymore. You uh, can. But going back to your Oscars, yeah, no one really cares anymore. Nobody cares. Like, nobody. Like, yeah. It's been going on, uh, it's been a decline since uh, the beginning of the Pandy. century. Oh, the century? Yeah. Since 2000? Since A Beautiful Man won. Not A Beautiful Man, A Beautiful Mind. I was about to say, <laughs> Beautiful Mind, Russell Crowe. Right. Yeah. Uh, since then, it's been on a decline. and uh, I think it's been on a decline for, yeah, for a while now. The pandemic didn't help at all. Didn't Pandem- help. Pandy didn't Movies help. Movies in general helped the Oscars no. even less. It doesn't mean anything anymore that the clout, that's why we came up with Movies Are Dead. It's like they're dead. So, you know, people are much more worried about like, yeah, did you see ref, ref, u, Euphoria? Did you see the Euphoria last night or whenever? It's uh, people made some good points that I was reading, and uh, they said that they don't care. Like, it's this was like their one chance besides movies to see actual, you know, movie stars, and you don't need to do that anymore. You have Instagram, you have Twitter. Yeah, you got Insta. There are uh, paparazzi it everywhere. Used to be great. Like I remember watching uh, as a kid growing up. Yeah. You'd see like Jack Nicholson. I see Jack Nicholson Jack. with like a cigar. With a cigar. Sunglasses. You would see like Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. You would see, see like you don't see him anymore. random people in the background. Like, oh, what? You like You'd be like, Oh, they're giving a Oscar to <laughs> Marcello Mastriani <laughs> yeah, for yeah. his career. Yeah. And people would be like, Oh wow. There he is. But uh now yeah, people don't care and they're not interested. You can see the recap the day you can after. See, like, Faye Dunaway, they can you see know? the pictures of the dresses and the tuxedos and the good outfits. Doesn't even, it's just disheartening, but yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? It ran its course. It's a sign of the times, as Harry Styles would say. And yeah, Shout out to Harry Styles. As you as you said, yeah, you can't really do anything about this. You just gotta move on. Yeah. You can't worry it's, about these kind of things. It's ran its course. It's okay. Uh, America as a whole, though, I feel like it's kind of ran its course. Decline. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's going to save us now is the metaverse, and that's about it from ourselves. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but yeah, I'm sure. You know, the Facebook metaverse, the virtual reality? I don't know anything about it. Oh, come on, Bobo. You've seen the TikToks. No, I haven't. <laughs> You've seen my Facebook status, in which I don't have. I'm just joking. I don't have I've one. I've seen your Twitter rants. Dude, you've seen my Twitter rants. Yeah. You know, I go hard. All caps. All caps. Go on for like 87 different tweets. Exactly. Anyway. Shout out to Twitter. I'm just joking. No Twitter for me. Um, People on there. They're not okay. Yeah, I know. Most it's of a, them. There's a lot of Some men. of them are sane and, you know, 
Some of them are sane. There's a lot of sane people interacting with a lot of mental illness on there. Yeah. And they're like, why don't you listen to me? And the mental illness is It's like, you remember 8mm? If you look into the abyss long enough, you'll turn into the abyss. Exactly. It's something like that, right? Something like that. No, that's exactly like that. That's what happens to people on there. Yeah. And the fact that our country is being dictated by social media and Twitter, which at this point it is. Anybody? at least. Culture. Yeah. Everything. Everything's being dictated by social media, especially Twitter. Mm. And if you don't agree, I'm like, dude, you need to wake up. It's being dictated by that. Right. And it's just like scary to me because that doesn't represent the entire population. Most people don't care about what's going on on Twitter either. Nobody does. No, it's like a That's few I always say. very loud people who like are all of a sudden dictating what, yeah. what happens, what pe- how people think. I know. Discussions that are being Essentially, had. this is Twitter. Ready? What about me? Mommy didn't listen to me. Daddy didn't listen to me. Me. That's what it is. I could imagine Mark Maron doing that bit. He, could, he probably did. He probably did. I probably stole a bit from Mark Maron right now. He's going to beat me up. Don't beat me, Mark Maron. All right. So, but that's what it is, pretty much. Yeah. Essentially, it's just like, what about me, man? This is. It's like, I have a very great uh, uh, never mind i don't want to talk about it anymore let's move on yeah let's move on twitter's depressing america from 2020 to 2030 it's gonna be this is gonna be interesting things are gonna get interesting in my opinion Mm. uh shout out to our international listeners uh okay we love you thank you for listening (sighs) all right let's get to today's movie the 400 blows Francois Truffaut. That's right. Starring Jean-Pierre Le. The great Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre. His uh, first uh, appearance on screen. As Antoine Duanel. And what an appearance it is. What a performance. This little young man. Yeah. Who would knew that he would have this long storied career in French cinema? No one, I guess. I don't. I was going to say Jean. What, what's his name? The, the, the Professional. Professional? Yeah, the movie The Professional. Jean Mouguard. Is that his name? No. no, John Reno. John Reno. Yeah, John there you Reno. go. Yeah, I love him. Okay. <laughs> okay thank you I know, for such a random tidbit. I <laughs> know. Oh, All right. So, yep. Uh, this movie was co written by Francois Truffaut and Marcel Moussy. Mainly, this is an autobiographical movie about Francois Truffaut. His childhood upbringing, the fact he didn't know about his father, his biological father. Right. He kind of had neglectful parents. Ran away from home at one True. point. This is uh, sort of the unofficial, um, the big bang, you could say, of the of the French New Wave. This is it, I yeah. would say. You had Romare and Rivette make movies before this, a couple years before. Yep. For example, they go in this movie, they go to see Paris Belongs to Us by Rivette, yeah. his first movie. and But this is really the movie that came out and people paid attention. It got big. It got an Oscar nomination. <laughs> It got a Palme d'Or nomination. It was in competition, essentially, for the Cannes Film Festival. And essentially, it made a lot of money off of, like, a little tiny budget, right? A little nothing, a little budget they had. it was made for that much. And it made all this money. Huge success, huge critical praise. And, you know, then next year came Breathless, which is the second big bang, you could say. How do you say it in France? A bot de souffle. A bot de souffle. And you couldn't really have this movie or uh, any of the French New Wave without Cahiers du Cinema, which is a magazine started by... <laughs> Andre Bassin. Andre Bassin, that's right. And uh, you had writers such as Godard, you had Romare, you had uh, Charbol, you had Rivette. Rivette, that's what I was about to say, yeah. 
and uh, it started in April, I believe, of 1952, and it was a huge cultural influence on the cinephiles and all the moviegoers in France in that period and internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Andre Besson, this movie is uh, dedicated to the guy. Yeah, like Francois a, Truffaut loved him. Yeah, they were uh, they were friends for a long time, and he actually died on the first day of filming. Terrible. Yeah. Claude Chabrol, that's who I forgot. Yeah, yeah. That guy, too. And then you had the left bank filmmakers, you know, Chris Marker, Agnes Barada. Chris Marker was in there? On the left bank, yeah. The left bank, okay. yeah. yeah. It was like the, you know, like the cool guys. Intellectual, but like the real deep I love Chris Marker. Alan Renat. Alan Renat? Yeah. Ever share one or more? That's right. That movie's so good. Yeah. It's a damn good movie. I love that movie. Great movie. Great filmmaker. It was actually an explosion of, you know, ideas and new approaches and innovation that was never seen before that's true actually Truffaut wrote an article an essay in cahier about how they should reject tradition in in uh, favor of modernity and innovation yeah new ideas new approaches yeah. try something different yeah because they were bored of the old ways and i don't blame them for being bored of the old ways even though they looked up to those guys they looked up to american cinema right what hitchcock howard hawks yeah that's where the auteur theory was born you know, you know howard hawks the auteur theory. Yeah. Jerry, they loved jerry lewis they loved jerry lewis yeah he was there, like yeah. a huge deal like jerry lewis was a big star in europe his movies would do like extremely well over there yeah they would have him as a as like a featured guest at film festivals. Yeah. Can. So they would look up to these guys and the auteur theory. Pretty much the auteur theory is like director is the author. All right? Yeah. That doesn't exist in twenty twenty two. You know who's the author? Who? The box office, the audience, the grum. Oh, very fun. You know, rotten tomatoes. That's the that's the uh, that's the author. Or the algorithm in Netflix, whatever that is. When we talk about childhood, you know, depictions on screen. Yeah. You know, I think of Boyhood. I think of another movie we we uh, actually reviewed. That's pretty much like a, kind of like a copy of Four Hundred Blows, Naked Childhood, but yeah. it's done in a different Maurice way. Pialy. It's a lot more darker and sinister. Yeah. Um, Sleepers. Great filmmaker. Even Sleepers, I think. I haven't seen Sleepers, but sure. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a dark e. movie. E.T. Yeah. Or the even Red Balloon. Even recently, like uh, Moonlight. Kid. Moonlight in some way. Yeah. Right. The first half. You know. And um, you don't really see movies about kids for adults anymore, really. What mid nineties? That's another one. Yeah, I love that one. Um, it's a coming of age movie, as they like to say. Coming of age, yeah. But uh, it seems hard to take uh, childhood seriously nowadays. It is very hard. I don't. I think that kids eighth grade. Oh, Bo Burnham, Bo Burnham! Shout out, you're out there, buddy. People hate you, but I don't I know like why you. that guy actually does a great job with like. Whatever he shoots, like yeah. a Chris Rock special. I oh, saw. yeah, you shot I, that? I think it was gorgeous. He knows where to put the camera, doesn't he? Well, whose scene is it? Whose scene is it, though? Is it Chris's or is so, it the audience? You know, the cast of this, as we mentioned, Jean-Pierre. Oh, your favorite part of the Here we podcast. go. I mean, we got Albert Remy, who who died. He died so young. He wasn't even 50 when he died. Who was that? He plays uh, Julian Dwinell, the father oh, yeah. of Jean-Pierre. We have Claire Maria playing uh, Gilbert, Gilberte Duanel as the mom. Mm-hmm. And Di- uh, it would be Guy DeCumbo Sourpuss. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, my French accent's really bad. <laughs> it's almost comical. I'm sorry if you're French and you get offended. I'm trying. Uh, he plays Sourpuss, the school teacher. The cast is very minimal. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite side actors in this movie 
is Renee, Antoine's best friend. The Good little guy. Yeah, the little troublemaker himself. Yeah, but he, he's better at it. He's better at, at hiding what he does. That's what I was about to say. He's, hiding his bullshit. He hides. His, he hides. He has a mask. Yeah, he pretends to be good, but you know, he never gets caught, if you notice the whole movie. Like, also, like, I like the cameos, too. Yeah, you had uh, John Moreau. You know, yeah, we had we had Truffaut making an appearance. Yeah. Uh, Also, I didn't know that Godard's voice makes an appearance in this movie. I have no idea. And what's his name? Jack Demi. Yeah. Policeman. Policeman. And then also Jean Paul Belmondo. He's also a voice in this movie, too. So, you know. I don't well, know. Got all his friends in there. Yeah. He did. Yeah. That's what I liked about this movie. There's something, uh, you know, this movie's dark, sad. Yeah. There's something beautiful about it, too. It's so simply made. It is simply the narrative made. The narrative is so, uh, I don't call it basic, but just simple. Is he 14? I think he's like 12. He's 12? Yeah. Doesn't it, seem like 14. It doesn't feel like Antoine Quillette is only three years later or four years later. Really? Yeah, it's only like four years later, I think, or something, oh, or three or something. Gotta double check on that. He had like a huge growth spurt in his life, I guess. Yeah. Slimmed down too. And uh did he? Yeah, he slimmed down. He's not that fat here. No, he's not fat. He has that like baby fat still in the face. Oh, I guess so. You know. All right. Yeah. But um moving on. Yeah, the French New Wave. They had all this new equipment that was um Accessible. Yeah, accessible and was lightweight. It was much smaller than the old cameras they had to use back in the fifties and forties. So essentially, you could shoot anywhere, like a documentary, and that's what they prefer to do. They prefer to shoot on the street, docks, in apartments, not on sets, not anywhere fake. I was about to say, I wonder what apartment complex that is they use for Antoine Duenel's home, because I've seen them. I think I've seen that apartment complex like many times. Well, there's a lot of similar-looking, yeah, buildings in Paris, Paris, right? Yeah, like Band of Outsiders. I was like, looks like something like Band of Outsiders. And uh, essentially, that's also what could be made for so cheap. They didn't need all the equipment. Yeah. They, need, they didn't need all the crew. They could just have very basic. Yeah, I guess sound, people. camera. Not even sound. Maybe. This, oh, yeah. Sometimes sound in this they don't movie do sound. was overdubbed. That's right. Most of the time, they would do what the Italians did, right? Well, actually, that's only what Truffaut did because he grew up watching French movies. Not French movies, but he wa- watched American movies dubbed into French. So when he went to make his own movies, he didn't really uh, mind dubbing over everything in post. Do you like overdubbing? Yeah, I don't mind it. I like I like the overdub thing. Yeah, oh, they should do it more. Easy it is. I was watching uh, Stranger Than Paradise by Jarmish. Yeah, and there's a scene when they're at the like at the lake in Cleveland, and it's like snow falling. It's like frozen, and you can just like tell it's overdub because the wind is howling and everything. Right, and then uh, like, you there's could no also way hide you the sound the equipment. Yeah, if you're overdub, just makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Shoot. So Bobo, with that being said, what is childhood to you? What do you think? It's, uh, I don't know, just brief moments of happiness, naivete, naivete, portrayed by reality occasionally. Yeah, I agree. Which then traumatized by, and uh, there's no one really around to explain what's happening or how the world is. No, it's weird. So you're left on your own to make uh, up your own mind. Yeah, and obviously people's, uh, you know, childhoods are different, you know? Yeah. Very different from People each other. Depends on you know who you know who you're born, what family you're born, born into, to, where, where you're born, how much money. There's they so have. much. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, right. It's a crapshoot. Right. Yeah. So, I don't know, and also like time. I think time in childhood, how it's like 
it's this short amount of time when you look back, really. Mm. When you look back, it's like this weird, small amount of time. But when you're in it, though, it's so elongated. It is. And it's like, man, I'm going to be like 12, 13, 14 forever. It does feel that way. You know, every day is long. Like, it feels like school is double the amount of hours it is. That's how work feels. <laughs> You know, it's the exact same way. You get home from school and it's like, okay, like homework. Zooms by. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, you know, it's the worst feeling. And adults still feel this now if you don't look forward to your job on Mondays. But that Sunday, like yeah. Sunday as a kid was the worst day of my yeah, life. It was awful. Yeah. Like after football was over, it'd be like, ah. Oh. It'd be depressing. The games would be over and you'd be like, I guess, I guess school is tomorrow. Yeah. You have to like mentally prepare yourself. Mentally prepare, yeah. You know, distract yourself from the thought of it. I know, and you have homework due, or you're gonna take a quiz or test, yeah. Or you just fucking hate your teacher, and you're like, I can't fucking stand this. I can't stand my teacher. I can't stand my classmates. I can't stand my school. I get home, my dad yells at me, my mom yells at me. Yeah. Nobody has my back, right? So I'm just going to participate in thievery, crimes, lies, like Antoine Duanel. That's yeah, why I bring that up, because that's what Antoine Duanel did. Yeah, you have all these emotions, and you don't know what to do. Yeah, and he's here lighting the candle for Balzac. Yeah. Right? Honoré de Balzac. He loves them. Even plagi- plagiarizes them in a, in a beautiful scene yeah. when Sourpuss calls him out. Yeah. Yells at him. Th- tells, goes, go to the office, you know? He's like, go to the office. You did it again. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. And they like, you know drag him out, you know, as uh, escorting, really. Yeah. The teacher's pet escorts him. But, you know, yeah, it's like he resorts to these things that you can tell, like, he doesn't want to do them, but he just does them. You know what I mean? Sometimes, yeah. He does them. Yeah, like the typewriter scene when he steals it. Yeah. Like that, how he's like, I got to go back, I got to go back, you know. Takes it back, ends up getting caught, you know. I like how that guy in the alley is like, oh, just give it to me. Well, I'll take it. I'll take advantage yeah, the of this. guy who's like trying to sell it. Yeah, he's like, oh, just give it here. Give it here. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. This is a tragic scene, sort of. And... Yeah, this is where things turn. After he lights a candle for Balzac, this is where his father puts out the fire. And he's like, You're, he's, I've had it, you little idiot. He yells at him. And this is uh, after uh, he's discovered his mother's affair. Yes. So she takes him to the movies as a way to, like, buy his, uh, yeah. Silence. Yeah, it's like one of those weird neglectful. He has like you know neglectful parents. The yeah. father, I feel bad for, is it kind of feels like it's not even his real dad. I think it's right. Cold. Yeah, he's a stepfather. He like he's just like this placeholder. Stepfather. Sure. You know, right? And it's weird. Placeholder. Yeah. <sighs> and you he's feel being cheated on. He's being cheated on. He doesn't have a clean pair of socks. Oh, he likes his car racing. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's, sad existence. Yeah, his wife's a... cheating on him with this guy, their yeah. boss or something. Antoine discovers this. Yeah. And sort of like that moment's a breaking moment for Antoine because his mom's supposed to be this saintly presence, right? Well, uh, we no find out later that she never really, uh, they never really gotten along, have they? Like for the first eight years of his life. Yeah. He didn't live with them. It was like his grandmother, yeah. wet nurse, sort of being moved from place to place. To place. place to place. Never really finding a place to belong. And his mother's love is uh, only there in bits and pieces sometimes. Only really when she wants to be, uh, I don't know, fake. Yeah. 
or like play the part. It's just, you know, it's kind of hard for us to criticize, you know, well, me, because like I'm not a parent, thank God. But like, I, you know, like I just don't know how you raise parents in 2022. I mean, parents, <laughs> I just don't know how, both. I don't know how you raise kids in 2022. Like, honestly, like, how do you raise children? Not only like financially, uh, it feels like there's so much bullshit coming at the average human being nowadays. That's true. Even if you're a family, I'm like, how do you dodge the bullshit? Like, you can't. Like, financially, socially, you have COVID. Like, <laughs> I just found it interesting watch, rewatching this movie because I was just thinking about all the kids and the ramifications of COVID lockdowns. Yeah. And during this past year, you know, six months since they've reopened schools. Schools are dealing with like behavior issues. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's a Wall Street Journal article that wrote about like how how um, schools are dealing with an uptick in like behavior, bad behavior, even locally too. I'm not gonna say where we're at, but there's been uh, <laughs> there's been many articles and news stories about kids acting violently toward each other, toward staff. Violence. You know. So it's just like that thing of like when you lock kids up. And they come out of it, and they're like, "We're gonna bad things will happen." You know what I mean? So it's just that energy of a child that they have, where they're like, "If I'm, I'm not gonna direct uh, my energy to a good place. It's going to a bad place." That's what we see with Antoine. It's not satisfying to direct your energy to a good place. Sometimes good. you do have the have kids like that, though, or you have a bad really? kid. Yeah, like what happened to me. I was a bad kid. Oh yeah. Yeah, I wasn't a good kid. And then you find something, and then you're like, I'm going to direct my energy to this. And then, you know, hopefully uh, this gives me direction or at least some sort of, a, you know, um, place yeah. academically. That's why school schools, uh, like sports programs are good, you know, clubs and all that. Because mm. they get you out in the, they get you with others doing something, and you're collectively doing it together. And it teaches you something. And maybe you could turn your life around, as it did with me. But I don't know. Rewatching this movie is just sad, I think. But it's also hopeful, too, because watching all the Antoine Duanel series, you're just like, oh, this is where it all begins. Yeah. You know? It's refreshing. Doesn't he wind up in the same place his stepfather winds up? Right? Kind of. Like a philanderer. That's what I was about to say. Or a ponchy. Doesn't... Well, I, are we doing spoilers? Sure. He cheats on his wife, right? Yeah, he cheats on his wife. Does he you have know. kids? I don't remember. Does he have kids? I thought he did. He has one. I he think he has one. one. It's like in Ford. Just, I'm trying to remember. He's a bad father and just forgetful. And it is a strange odyssey. A cycle. It's a strange odyssey to watch the Antoine Duanel series. It's like you're watching this life, this this like growth play out. It's not, right. like, boy, it's not like boyhood where it's like, all in one movie. Mm. It's like you have movies about this guy's life. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so it varies in genre. Like Stolen Kisses, more like a comedy. Yeah, it's not as uh, <laughs> I don't want to say dour. Like that's a, it's more of an upbeat movie than yeah, it is blows. an upbeat movie. Um, anyway, you know that's how life is, as I've discovered. Yeah, right. It does kind of change genres every now and then, <laughs> depending on what you know how your life is, but. It's a comedy. Uh, uh, uh. It is so sad watching <laughs> these like classroom scenes here. The juve the way we treat juveniles, the way we treat kids. I think parents too. How parents are kind of like 
put in these positions of like, I have to be a father now. So this is it. Oh, I got to be a mom now. So therefore I should, I should do this. And they're like children. They're not even adults. You know what I mean? Like emotionally. Yeah. They're dealing with all their lost hopes and broken dreams and the things that they thought they would be, but they're not. Exactly. They thought they would have, but they don't have, never will have. And it's that childlike innocence, too. I think Truffaut captures in one of the best scenes ever in cinema, in my opinion, is the play scene. Remember when when Rene and Antoine go to the play? And they watch. There's a scene prior where they're walking with this girl. Oh, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. In the park. And it it cuts to them at the play. And they're watching the. Oh, the puppets, I know. The puppets, yeah. The play with the puppets. Yeah. And Truffaut only does minimal shots of the play. Most of the shots are on the children watching the play. Mm. Just, you just see the reactions, how much they're emotionally invested in this, and how it's life or death in that moment for the puppets. And that, to me, is probably one of the best depictions of human emotion ever on screen. I've seen it duplicated, though. I've seen that copy, uh, I think, in Freaks and Geeks. There's an episode where Judd Apatow films... Martin Starr's character watching an episode of Dallas and he has it on he there's no audio and he has music over it and it's the exact same thing it just focuses on Martin Starr watching Dallas Leator what's up Leator oh yeah anyway I think that's the best this is 40 funny people I think funny people is so underrated in my opinion Anyway, that's 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 like the best scene though, like of all the movie, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a good so scene. straightforward. You know, and in the meantime, they're there, like Renee and Antoine, they're there during this beautiful scene, emotional connection. They're there plotting how to take the typewriter from Antoine's job, Antoine's mm. father's job. Right? That's right. They're like trying to figure out, okay, we do this, do that. And there's they're honestly sitting there like rusty and Danny Ocean in Ocean's Eleven. And they're there just sitting there plotting. It's something you would see from Soderbergh. It's so beautiful, you know? Mm. An unusual connection, but that's how cinema is. Right? Yeah. There's another scene where he, he cries in the back of a wagon when they catch him. Or they send him up to the juvenile detention center. And he's in the back of, of a wagon and he's and he's holding the bars. And we finally see him cry. That's the oh. moment he finally cries. Oh. And the music's playing, right? It's going softly. Music by Joan Constantine, which is a beautiful score, by the way. Mm-hmm. That opening scene, shots of Paris with that score. Yeah. It's almost like this mythical fairy tale. I don't know how to describe it. Like It's like you're entering a world. You, you know what I mean? A world. Childhood, right? Yeah. Then Fun Snool. Which one's that? Is that New Wave, France? What does that mean? Naked Childhood. Which we oh, before. that's right. Yeah. Yeah, which you didn't really like, but um, who you didn't? You didn't really like it. I didn't. You're like, ah, it's it's fine. I think so. Yeah. I thought it was really good. Depressing. It's uh, <laughs> like sort of. It's coming from me. I I love depressing movies, but uh, it's interesting to compare the two. Which uh, yeah, one was made about twenty years, I believe. Yeah, less after the other. And uh, the ones in color, most color. obvious difference. And it's like completely different terrain too. It's like they're out in the yeah, like it's not nowhere. Paris, it's the countryside. Countryside. 
but takes and you know yeah the kid in that movie is much more of a, of a little asshole than uh Antoine Renault is yeah he's dangerous and evil I don't think he's evil <laughs> He again, threw a kid think, in. He threw a cat from the top floor again, of an apartment that's, complex. That's what Maurice Pielo was trying to get at: is that he wasn't evil. That place they use an Amelie. product of his right. What Amelie? Yeah, it's in Paris. Yeah, Amelie. <laughs> yeah. That's where they film Amelie. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I love Amelie. Go ahead. Never mind. Let's move on. No, no, no go ahead. Keep going. No. I loved what you were saying. What was he trying to say? I no, never mind. It's fine. You're just gonna burst into tears. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's another what's another favorite scene from this movie? Of me? Of mine? Yeah. I've already um, said like three. Huh? I've already said three. Have you? Probably. No, you haven't. Two? Um, I like the scene, um what's the scene? The scene where they're like what's they call that little spinny thing again? Like the at the carnival or something? Amusement the park? ride. Where yeah, they go in a circle. Called? I don't know what it's called. Rotator it's like, thing. It's like gravity to fire. Sure, whatever they call that. I like that scene a lot. It's uh, so fast. It's um, one of the first time in the movie we see uh, exclusively from Antoine. No, well, the, most of the movie is exclusively seen from his point of view, but that scene is actually his point of view as the camera sees what he sees. That's a very special. Uh, That's true. Yeah, because it's going around in a, yeah, and you start to I see everyone's faces. Special, but it's a unique way of capturing and getting you to be empathetic to him as 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 it takes you along as he does things that are, you know, wrong or maybe not empathetic. But those kinds of scenes really put you in his shoes in a way that other directors or filmmakers might miss. Another example of that would be the interview scene. Yeah. In the juvenile detention center where, where the lady Yeah, you don't see the interviews. psychiatrists. You just see him. And I love the way the kid, when they're on the bench waiting, he's uh, like, he's, the kid that's waiting with him, he's like, look, don't look at her legs if she drops her pen. As a matter of fact, just don't look at her. She's like, <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Antoine's like, why not? He's like, well, might, they'll put it in your permanent file. And like, according to mine, it's like, I'm a pervert. Is it? I'm a pervert. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. It's um, <laughs> sad because you know the psychologist doesn't really care about the kids. It's not like if they gave like a good answer to question, they would be they would be like a little bit more lenient on the punishment. Yeah, like send them the questions are so direct too. Yeah, and you know. he's also very good at giving direct answers. Yeah, he that seems, too. He yeah, seem like a child. He seems no, like, an adult. like a man. When he talks about the prostitution and everything, he can explain his feelings. Yeah, he's and... like, they took me to a hooker who likes older, uh, who likes younger guys. Oh yeah, like he me. tried to like go there and like they slapped, like they slapped him and like chased him away. Yeah, and to, like, he run left away from them. He le- He got scared too. Scared. Yeah, he's someone who's like very curious about sexuality and all yeah. that, but at the same time, he's still too young. To figure to out really anything. know anything or do anything about it. It's almost like that scene in Omicord, remember? With the, the shop lady, the big lady? Uh-huh. You know, and that guy. <laughs> I you got to mention that other scene. Yeah, that scene. I you got to mention the scene in the car with all the dudes get in. I have no idea what you're talking about. But anyway, the shop, <laughs> the shop where he doesn't even know what to do with the lady, his breasts. He's just like, what do I do here? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. like that. And it's just like a lot like that for a lot of things in Antoine Dwinnell's life. And that he doesn't really know what to do because he doesn't have a good guide he doesn't have a good someone good good to look up to no he just has a bunch of like children around him even though they're old i agree adults isn't that but that's as i've heard before from other parents they're like yeah you just the kid shows up one day and there's no instruction guide and this is it they say that but there is probably plenty of books there should be yeah there's a lot of books out there right how not to mess up your child yeah but, but there's still a lot of want to read or don't want to like. There's just so many messed up kids, man. It's sad. 
But I guess it's kind of like a crapshoot. It's kind of like a numbers game. It is, really. Like, if you have four kids, you're hoping at least two, you know, aren't in bad shape by the time they reach 35 or 40 or something, you know? Yeah. Hopefully, that's the way I look at it. I'm like, hopefully, you know, one of you guys will be something. Yeah. You know? Sure. I don't know. Watching watching families, like in this movie, uh, like watching like the family unit, as we've depicted here in Movies Are Dead, but the family unit, the way it's depicted like 60 years ago, I would say it's still like modern. Like, you know, it's it's a mo- it's modern, but then it's also like this ancient thing, it feels like. I don't know how it? to describe it. Watching families on screen from back then, it's just such an ancient thing to see, you know? Why? I don't know. I think it's the way it's depicted, the way they're dressed to go to the movies, oh. you know, how old school everything is, you know? But, you know, like we see it in the searchers too, in the family unit. And then also Paris, Texas, which we will inter- uh, uh, do eventually. But by the time we get to Paris, Texas in the 80s, it's like the family unit's demolished and extinct, you know? Look at this scene by Truffaut, the play scene with the puppets. There they go. It's life and death. It's all that matters in that scene, in that moment. Childhood is really like one day you're um, you're innocent, you don't really know anything, you're having fun, mm-hmm. have your friends, have the things you like. Yeah. One day you're grown up. You suddenly realize, oh, I'm an adult. Suddenly. I'm not an adult, but like at least I'm grown up now. I know what to do when I'm score. Do. Yeah. It's not in my favor. Some Yeah. Most Life of the time. Fair. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot. feels like nowadays there's a lot of things just aiming at young people that it's just like, how the fuck do I navigate the world? Sure. Especially when you have like a smartphone in your hand. You know, I don't know how kids grow up with smartphones now. Good yeah. luck with that. They're all probably, you know, damaged in some way from all the all the acts to images and ideas. Yeah, the ideas you're 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 exposed to, like the like pornography, violent videos, like everything. Sure. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't know. It's hard for anyone to. To figure out what's going on, you know, you see anybody it on the is. street, they look, they look fine on the outside, but underneath, they're all like, oh, fucked up. They are kind of fucked broken. up. They're just waiting, you know, they're just waiting for that next fix, the dopamine. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever it is, euphoria, nightmare alley, maybe pornography, maybe a world star hip hop video, maybe uh, a nice beat. Still make down. those? What? You still make those? Oh hell yeah! But you know. Childhood, it's it's a weird thing, and it's yeah. interesting to watch the decades of movies and how they depict childhood, especially like back then, and then now. Feels like it's obviously it's different surface level. You know, times have changed and everything, but there's still uh, that same feeling of like, what the hell is happening, and how yeah. long can I make this last? How long will this last? You know, it's a very unromantic look at being a child. Yeah, most uh, most uh, family movies, animated movies too, um, make childhood look like a complete romantic, amazing time when yeah. usually it's not for most people. It's like high school, like high so, school depictions, you know. I guess so, but yeah, and just uh, seeing uh, children in movies, just you know, they're usually having a, a wonderful life, and it just doesn't seem like it's really going to stop. But eventually, you know, it does. It gets uh, complicated. It gets messy. 
It does get complicated and messy. Uh, not often when you encounter adult things, you encounter things that you're too mature, that you're not mature enough for. As a child, you don't know what to do with those things. How to, uh, what's the word people use? They don't know how to process them. Yeah, you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what to make of them. You don't know how to think about them, deal with them. I agree. You're just scared and uh, sort of, you know, mildly traumatized by most of the things you encounter that are new to you. Where, where do you think this stands in French New Wave? Is this your favorite? No. What's your favorite? It's one of the best for sure, but it's not. I like Jules and Jim, even though it's a really long movie. It's like two hours. It's a long movie. For a French New Wave movie, it's a long movie. Sure. And that, those Shoot things. the piano player. Simple movie. Yeah. And it's hard to believe he did that one after this one. Why? It feels like Shoot the Piano Player would be before, in my opinion. No, I think he saw Breath by saying he was like jealous. Yeah, let's do that. He was like that. I'm being too boring. I got to do something more exciting. And what's another oh, one? Oh, John Luke's going to beat my ass. Of course, Viva Savi, right? Viva Savi, that's probably one of my favorites. Piero Le Fall. Pierre Lefeu, yeah, that's another good one. Contempt, which I was talking about earlier. Contempt is great. Such a great ahead of its time movie. Trouble's good. Uh, I like Elevator to the Gallows. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's a pretty simple movie. Yeah, Miles Davis soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. That was John Moreau, right? Also. Or was that Catherine? Moreau. Moreau comes out in this movie. Yeah, she's a lady. A lady, yeah. Here's Jacques Demy. Yeah. On the street. Just. I like her appearance uh, in this movie. And you know, she obviously, shows up. you got Agnes Barda. Yep. Out there. She was always great. And, you know, who else you got? You got Alena Na. You know, you got Hiroshima more and more. And especially last year at Marion Bad, which continues to befuddle and uh, frustrate viewers <laughs> even now. But I think it's great. It's a great dream movie. Just I haven't watch. seen that one. You should. We should talk about it. It's, uh, um, yeah. Say Godard. What about him? I'd say he's my. I'd say Truffaut and Godard. I don't know if you're just getting into the new wave or something. Yeah, in terms of uh, how meaningful they are. I mean, like Godard is yeah. been with the like top three, I guess, most meaningful sing- filmmakers that I've ever seen. Yeah, in my life. I didn't even know he did an Instagram like Instagram <laughs> live like a year uh, ago, and he was answering questions from yeah. people. And he's like nine. He was ninety at the time, and he was yeah, answering he was, questions. It's pretty old. Yeah, but um. I don't know why I saw. I think I saw Breathless first. Where did you see Breathless first? Remember when the Are you talking about the Alec Baldwin Breathless no, no, <laughs> or the Jim Basinger original Breathless? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember when uh, Criterion movies were on Hulu back then? They were for a minute. Twenty thirteen. It was like a couple of years. Twenty twelve. And uh, yeah, I got a subscription, and that's where I saw it. That's where you saw it. I got a free trial. Like, have you seen the Les Cabaniers? Cabaniers. All right, Jean-Pierre Lourdes is in that one, too. Is he? Yeah, he plays like a soldier. I think he's in that movie. I forgot, but uh, that's another good. That's like before, I think right before Breathless, maybe, or a little I after. Seen that. I think I saw Le Petit Soldat. Oh, yeah, Le Petit Soldat. But uh, yeah, it's like a bomb Hulu. going off in your Hulu, brain. Hulu, huh? Yeah. Yeah. And I have to like, find everything else he did, like uh, Sabir of Savi, obviously. Yeah. I found that in the library. Uh. Got a DVD, and that was like... A, even more amazing. It was even better than Breathless. Yeah. I think I saw Breathless. Dude, I want to say I saw Breathless Yeah, on Netflix Instant. So for all the kids out there, before Netflix became Netflix streaming, Netflix had rolled out Netflix Instant. 
They were still doing the DVD thing, but they were doing instant. Instant was streaming, but it was only through certain devices. It was on the Xbox 360 and I think the PS3 maybe. But I saw it on the 360, I think. And they only had, they had like all these like, for a while there, they had all these small movies you couldn't find. Yeah. So, or you couldn't like, you were just like, why is this on here? Buffalo 66 was on there, I remember. Uh, Breathless was on there. That other one I just mentioned, Le Carabineers, that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say The Mighty Boosh may have been on there. But um, yeah, I love that show. It's a, such a fucking great show. But um, yeah, Breathless. The uh, first time I saw Breathless, I was like, I think I liked it a lot. I didn't hate it. I understood it. It's good. That's for sure. Yes, um, it's, um, and then. It really depends on. That movie really is like the lynch. Like it's the thing that makes people either go further into the rabbit yeah, hole, yeah, or they uh, stop, pull away forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, like breathless to me, it was like oh, and then after that, I think I watched like by Godard. I think probably Band of Outsiders, and yeah. then, and then um, yeah, well, Pierre de Fou. Yeah, Pierre Le Weekend. Few. I remember that one was tough to get. I I had Netflix DVD. Yeah. And it was always like long wait. I got that at the library. Oh, okay, library. Yeah. Pierre Lefeu, what's another one? Masculine Feminine. I also got that. That at the one. Library. That's like the third or fourth one I saw by him. Yeah, it's which I love. Exciting. Loved. A Married Woman. I saw married that on woman. YouTube. Yeah, Married Woman. They had that uh, on YouTube. Thirteen. What was it? Thirteen things I know about her. What is it? A thing. Was it? Was it A thing or two I know about her. Yeah. That one. I think that's about it. I think that was that's the name of the movie. It's the one where she's a, a housewife and a hooker at the same time. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um Children of Marx and Coca Cola. Is that that's from? No, that's masculine and feminine. The children of Marx and Coca Cola. Sure. Shout out to Gen Z. We we're talking about that last week. I don't know if you remember. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, Alphaville. You got all the other ones. That's another one I saw, yeah. which I didn't fucking understand. <laughs> I yeah. dude, Alphaville first watch for me was the hardest thing to get through, ever. Like, dude, that movie is so fucking slow and so fucking like dull in the first half hour. Uh-huh. And you read the description; it's like a precursor to Blade Runner yeah. and Noir. You're like, I'm in. But then you put it on, and you're like, what the fuck is this? And it's hard to believe that he did that one after, like band of like band of outsiders and like contempt. I don't know, right? If because it, it feels like that should be one of his first movies. It feels like. And uh, yeah, after that he moved into his full Marxist period, which uh, you know we love here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, there's a great interview with him. Dick Cavett. Has. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I saw that I love. Yeah, I saw that a long time ago. It's, yeah. Uh, it's hard to imagine that happening now. It is, right? It, it was weird watching him like with Dick Cavett. They're talking about his movies and stuff. Yeah. And he's like, I carry these notebooks and I write down my ideas. And he like had it. I was like, oh, this is great. He was like smoking nonstop. Dude, isn't that awesome when they used to smoke in the studio? Yeah. I don't know why. Like, I've seen interviews of Leos Caraz doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like 20 years ago. Still. I think it adds something to the interview when they smoke and they, and they drink something like coffee. If they have coffee too, and cigarettes, yeah. it'd be great. You know? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. You think so? <laughs> it adds something to the interview, I think, rather than just sitting there and saying, I got my water and I got my smoothie. You know what I mean? Being healthy. You know what Jesus I mean? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm going to be healthy now. 
Um, I know. But yeah, I remember seeing 400 Blows, I think, uh, also on DVD. Yeah, I did too. And, uh, yeah. Actually, the first movie of his that I saw is The Last Metro. I haven't seen that one. It's the last movie. With, I saw uh, Day for Night. I rented that one from Hollywood Video, believe it or not. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they had it there in the foreign section. Uh, but yeah, I recommend The Last Metro is the last movie. Gerard Depardieu, Catherine Deneuve. It's about a theater group performing during um, a German occupation. What is it with directors? Like back then, they would have yeah. they would always do a movie about the theater. You ever notice that? Like Truffaut did one, Fellini did one, Birdman did one. What was Fellini's movie about the theater? Um, the movie where it's about the bombing of Italy, where where they have to take cover. The air raid is here. You know, I guess you even sure. say and the ship sails on. Or even variety lights. Have you seen the ship sails on? I have. Yeah, I love that movie. It's yeah. about people acting in front of other people. You know what I'm saying? I told you about that, right? It's like entertainment. It's uh, who did? I did. What? Ship sails on. You were like, dude, you gotta check out the ship yeah. sails. I told you I got the Fellini set, and you're like, check out the ship sails on. Watched uh-huh. it, loved it. But also variety lights. What's the other one? Oh yeah, his movies are always about you know performers and all that. La Strada. Yeah. All right, Bobo. So that does it for our 400 okay. blows. Are you excited? Antoine, you know, Antoine Quillette, Anna Quillette, yeah. and then who, and then uh, Stolen Kisses, right? Stolen Kisses. Stolen Kisses. Yeah, that's right. So that, we want to do both next week, Antoine yes. Quillette and Stolen Kisses? Or? Yeah, that'd be best. Yeah, we'll do that. Okay. All right. The new wave. Any recommendations for uh, the audience? Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Anything good you've seen or oh, read or, goodness. or listened to in the past week? Here we go. Recommendations. Obviously, uh, if you're taking a look at the Oscar list, check out all the movies on there. Dune, don't know why it's on there, in my opinion. I don't know. I, that, to me, is that's like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that, but I disagree. But check out that Oscar list. Nightmare Alley, dude. Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley, Licorice Pizza. What There's some bangers there? on there. I know Drive My Car is supposed to be good, right? For um, some reason, uh, The Last Duel didn't get nominated for any of them. Got shot out. Well, yeah. I mean, really, Scott badmouthed a lot of Did he? <laughs> well, he kind of he kind of went on a tangent about millennials. I thought the Academy loved Ridley. That's what I thought. House of Gucci got shut out too, right? Um, yeah. What else? Contempt by Godard. I recommend Band of Outsiders. Yeah. This movie, 400 Blows. Branded to Kill, Tokyo Drifter. Occult is My Passport. Youth of the Beast. Those are great movies. I recommend uh, reading Toni Morrison for anyone out there. He just shrugged at me, I guess. I did not shrug. I nodded in agreement. What was that? I was like, like, yeah. He sort of threw up his arms. I agree. No, I was like, I agree. Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to sabotage me I'm here. trying to smirch his name and yeah and not ears of our listeners yeah um what else do I recommend I haven't seen many movies this year so whatever alright boxing Joanna Newsom she hasn't done a record in a long no, time it's been like uh, five eight years six eight yeah eight yeah it's a good record for the last one yeah uh, it's a good one a true genius in my opinion and uh Okay. Well, in my opinion, a true genius. Well, they're inherent vice. Yeah, and um, who else you got? You got Mitski. I'm not, not a big fan, but you know. You do what you got to do. 
Yeah. <laughs> Who else can I think of? Uh, Beach House next week. Hard to believe. What? How long has it been since their last one? Three? Yeah, like three or four, four years. Yeah, I think it was one of their best. Seven. Was it? Those people out there. Yeah. I've like, seen them live. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it was great. I was going to see them live, but... Yeah, it was like a week apart. Life got in the way. Like, I saw, like, Mac DeMarco one weekend, and then I saw, like, Beach House the next weekend. Mac DeMarco, huh? This was a long time ago. This was, like, this must have been eight years ago. Seven years ago. Long time. Yeah, I remember seeing him at a festival. People going crazy. You don't see the, you don't see the, the appeal? All right. So, th- those are our... Okay, uh, then he's trying to cut me off. <laughs> That's our 400 Blows episode, and we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Recommend uh, Maurice Pierlet movies, you know. Yeah, that's right. Pila. The Mouth Agape. I haven't seen that one. It's good. And uh, what's other stuff? What's fun? All this other stuff, you know. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> uh, I don't need the notes anymore.